Hello beloved and welcome to this evening's message in the book of Revelation and as you know we are busy with Revelation chapter 6 and in this message we're going to look at Revelation chapter 6 verse 12 and hopefully we can get to the end of chapter 6 in this message. Before we continue though let's just have a word of prayer. Father it's such a privilege again to come to you and to ask you to give us open hearts and open minds to understand your word, to receive your word, that you will give us insight into what you are teaching us in the book of Revelation. And thank you for this revelation of Jesus Christ, and that we can get to know our Lord and Savior in a very, very um, intimate way, in an in a amazing way, as described by John in uh, the book of Revelation. So I pray, Father, that you will please make us receptive, uh, help us to understand, take to heart, and apply what you say in your word uh, to our lives, and enable me as your servant to teach your people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, now Revelation chapter 6 and verse 12, it says, I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. Well, just a, a comical word on the, on this verse. Uh, quite a few years ago, I was involved. Well, we were involved. The family was there. I think Stefan and Bernard was there already, and we were involved in a in a group of people where they made videos and so on. So I was basically brought in to the group as a translator of of the of some of the of the, of the videos because the videos were in Afrikaans and uh, I translated it into English but very quickly I found out because some of it basically they they used the Greek and the Hebrew to explain certain things that was said in the videos and I started questioning these things for example this specific verse Revelation chapter 6 verse 12 was one of those verses where I just couldn't understand how in the world did they, did they get to the conclusion they got to. Because what they've done is, it was they took the meaning, or they took the word, the, the Greek word here in, 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 the, in Revelation chapter 6 verse 12, and then they went to the Septuagint. Um, and then they took that Greek word's meaning from the Old Testament. So, very, very confusing. But anyway, we left that group uh, not very long after I, I started showing out some of these issues. And now, uh, yeah, here we are. I, I'm, I'm uh, basically sharing with you on that same verse. Uh, and I hope that it will be an eye-opener or a blessing to you. All right, so what we hear about here is a, is a great earthquake. Okay? The first four seals basically described judgments. And those judgments were mostly caused by man. Right, so it's easy actually, if you look at it, and this is what's, what makes the tribulation period so difficult to explain or to understand in a sense. Uh, or, yeah, because what happens is most of these things that happens, we, we're going to get to some new supernatural uh, phenomenon, obviously, but most of the things that that happens in the book of Revelation, especially in the beginning, are man-made. It is uh, stuff that the leaders of the world uh, basically 
orchestrated. The people who are behind wars are normally governments, power-hungry people that uh, maybe they just bored and then they start a war. Or they want more land and they start a war. There are different reasons, obviously, or they want to become more powerful and they start a war. Or you like the Roman Empire and they would like to become a world power or like the British, for example. So there are different reasons why people would start wars, but wars are normally man-made. It's caused by man. And, and what's interesting is, if we come with the, with, with the message from the scriptures, and we tell, let's say, we tell leaders, or we tell people that are involved in these wars, and we say to them, listen, whoa, 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 whoa. Especially when we get to the tribulation period, we say, listen, these wars that you are causing or that you are involved in or the the wars that you get involved with these wars are man-made yes but it is actually supernatural at the same time because god is in control of what is happening the the famine that comes out of it the pestilence that comes out of it the the need of food and all these kind of things that comes out of these wars they all obviously man-made man caused it or mankind caused it, but the problem is that when you come and to explain to them that it's part of God's judgment, that's why God allows these things to happen, then they don't want to hear it. Because they know they are the ones who's, who's actually causing it. Right. But later on, as we go further into the book of Revelation, we find that the judgments that and, and the things that happens during the tribulation period ha, is now supernatural in origin. And because it's supernatural in origin, the people that used to start, let's say, wars and famine and those kind of things, all of a sudden they realize, but whoop, 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 wait, 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 wait. These things are out of our hands. There are things happening now that we don't have control over. And this is what happens, for example, in the sixth seal. Because it describes a judgment that is supernatural in origin. Okay? It's natural. Obviously, uh, an earthquake is, is natural. Okay? But when you find an earthquake of this magnitude, then you know there's something happening. There is really something. And I think what we are looking at here in, in the book of Revelation is the greatest of earthquakes that ever was felt on this earth. Now John tells us of a great earthquake. That means it is great in size and it is great in stature. It will be so massive, it says, that every mountain and island was moved out of its place. Beloved, we're talking about a huge earthquake. Obviously, the scientists will still say, oh, no, we understand it's a movement of the plates or it's this or that. And they will always come up with their, with their fancy schemes to, to try and explain everything. And they will never, ever acknowledge God as the source, as, as God being the one who now judges the world in righteousness, that this is part of God's judgment. This is part of God's wrath that comes on the earth because they are so clever, so full of themselves. Uh, and it's very interesting what we find now. For example, uh, Dr. Fauci in America, that he he basically calls himself science. You know, with this whole pandemic thing, 
He called himself science. And everybody has to follow the science. And today when we look back at what happened uh, and how governments handled this whole thing and how the so-called professionals ha um, handled these things, I, I, I can say with a clear conscience, I don't think most of those people know what they're talking about. I think it's something that has been orchestrated. Obviously, there is such a thing. It is all true, but I think this is something that was, how can I say, poorly handled by every single group that actually touched this uh, this pandemic. But we know, Scripture tells us, that there are going to be pandemics that are, that's going to come. Uh, and by the way, now the World Health Organization is uh, trying to, by all means, to get more power to institute, for example, lockdowns in countries of which they are not even in control of in the name of, you know, um, security and, and helping people. Because we are working towards a one-world government, a one-world economic system, and we're going to have a group of unelected people that will be in charge uh, of the world at the end of the day, and that will be calling the shots. Okay. But this earthquake, now we are in the sixth seal. Uh, let me not get carried away. It's great in size, great in stature. And it will be so massive that every mountain and island will move or be moved out of its place. Maybe, and, and this is something that we can think about. Maybe John is speaking about a huge volcanic activity. And the reason why, we, why I say that is when there is volcanic uh, activity, especially if it is a huge um, volcano that, that erupts, and especially if it would erupt under the sea, then it will cause a huge, uh, how can I say, uh, what do you call it? Like it, it, will be, it will be great in size and great in stature. It will be massive. It will be felt very far and wide. All right, so that, that's possible if it's a volcanic eruption under the sea. There are some that says that um, the great earthquake seems to be that it comes from the sea. And by the way, scientists has now found that there are volcanoes under the sea that, um, that could erupt at any time. So very, very interesting. Now, John says that the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. And the moon became like blood. Now the sun that darkened and the moon becoming like blood. That could refer to a huge volcano. And the reason why I say that is when a huge volcano erupts. And I'm talking about a huge one. Um, there, there are some on YouTube. You could just go and, and put in volcano eruptions. And, and see how some of these volcanoes, what it looks like. It is awesome. It is awesome. Can I use the word awesome? It is just yeah it's it's huge it's uh, and what is normally involved in these large volcanoes is huge clouds of dust and other particles that goes into the atmosphere uh, and normally what it does is it will it, it's normally so dense that it will actually cause the sun to become black the sky becomes black and it can also cause the moon to, to actually become red. That doesn't mean that this, the moon changes color. 
It's just these clouds that are in front of the uh, the moon. When we look at it, and if those clouds has a a particle in it that how can I say the reflection is is the reflection of red, the the moon will kind of be red. Now, when we compare the sixth seal and uh, Matthew twenty four, the Olivet discourse, now. Specifically, verse 7 and verse 29, if we compare them with one another, it seems clear that there will be natural disasters of various kinds during the tribulation period. Okay, The earth and the heavenly bodies will experience something like the contractions of a muscle, eh? or of, of muscles, like, like convulsions. The earth and the heavenly bodies will experience this. In Joel chapter 2, verse 30 and 31, we read that many of the disasters in nature will act as warnings and signs that the day of the Lord is near. Remember the day of the Lord is the day of God's judgment. And, and in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, when the day of the Lord is, is the, described, it is always a time of darkness especially the old testament prophets it is a time of darkness it's a time of 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 um, fear and uh, it's it's normally described as a as, as a bad bad time because the day of the lord is god's wrath that comes down upon people when he judges them and he basically then acts on the on his judgment and whatever it is that god decides to use as the means of judgment. Uh, remember in the, in the case of Israel, there were times when God would use other nations, like the Assyrians or the Babylonians. God would use them, obviously the Romans as well. God would use those nations to basically take Israel either into captivity or to kind of cause them to be slaves in their own country, like the Romans did. No? But the Assyrians, the Babylonians, they took them into exile. And and that was God's judgment upon the people until God's people came to a point where they realized, you know what, we are in exile because of our sin. And then they would go on their knees, they would repent, and then God would restore them again, and He will release them and to, to go back to the land and basically start living in obedience to Him until they mess up again, and then God will use another country, or He can use people inside uh, Israel to basically bring his judgment upon uh, the people of Israel or basically declare the judgment that is coming and then God can do all kinds of things as, as part of that judgment to, to judge the people of Israel. So when we, it comes to the world and God's judgment on the earth in the tribulation period, remember this is God's wrath that is now being poured out on the unsaved. It is now being poured out upon those nations and those leaders and those people who would not acknowledge Christ. They would not acknowledge God as the creator of the heavens and the earth. They would not acknowledge God's laws and they would not acknowledge anything of God. What they would do is they become wise in their own eyes. They become little gods unto themselves. They, they just refuse to acknowledge God and they just become their own God. Right, so um, it's, it's important that we need to understand why God's wrath comes down upon the earth. Because remember, when God's wrath comes down, when the day of the Lord arrives, Jesus said that 
the world will be as in the days of Noah, and as it was in the days of Lot. So shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. So, in the times of Noah, it says that the world were wicked, exceedingly wicked. The whole of the world, the whole earth became extremely wicked. And obviously we know why Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. They were destroyed because God's wrath came upon, upon them because they were acting unnaturally. And they were basically uh, doing what God called an abomination in his sight. And God came to the point where he said, all right, I'm going to destroy these cities. It's interesting how Abraham would come in and, and ask God for mercy and ask God for his grace. And how he would reason with God. If there were so many righteous people, will you still destroy the, the city? And, and he would go on. And at the end of the day, uh, he still said, if there were ten. Um, and God said he would not destroy the city if there were ten righteous people in the city. And it's interesting that there weren't even ten righteous people in those cities in Sodom and Gomorrah. So God saved Lot. Obviously, his wife turned around. She became a salt pillar. Uh, or a pillar of salt, and uh, but Lot and his family were saved, and God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah with sulfur yeah, from heaven. Those cities were just destroyed, and that is God's wrath. Right when God's wrath comes upon uh, a, a city, or when God's wrath comes upon a people group. Where God says, enough is enough, and his wrath comes down. And the wonderful thing about the wrath of God is when Jesus Christ died on the cross, on that cursed tree, he became a curse on our behalf. No, he, he, basically, he basically took our sins upon himself, and the wrath of God was then poured out on Christ. So that you and I, who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that he's our Savior, he's our Lord, he's our King, he's our Master, that we can know that the wrath of God will not be poured out on us as um, it would be poured out on the unbelievers. We are God's children. We will not come under God's wrath. We don't have to fear God's wrath at all because Jesus Christ stepped in and God's wrath was poured out on him and he destroyed his own son. It, it is, it is mind-boggling. But that's exactly what happened. Now let's get back to the terrible earthquake. Now the terrible earthquake that we read about in verse 12 is also described in Isaiah chapter 2 verse 19 where we read, They shall go into the holes of the rocks and into the caves of the earth from the terror of the Lord and the glory of his majesty when he arises to shake the earth mightily. You see how God reacts? The people run and they go and try to hide themselves in the holes of the rocks and in the caves of the earth because they're trying to get away from the, the terror of God. They want to get away from the wrath of God. And they want to get away from the glory of His majesty. So not only do they want to get away from, from God's judgment and God's uh, wrath and, and the terror of God. No, they also want to get away from His holiness because they are unholy. And remember, if anybody faces God and they are 
unrighteous or unholy or unsaved, then God will destroy that person. It's only those people who have received the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior, which means they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ unto salvation. They place their full trust in Jesus Christ alone. They are the people that will be able to enter into God's presence and come before Him. The rest who are unholy, when they come into the presence of a holy God, the holy God will destroy them. God will destroy any unholiness. God cannot handle holiness. Beloved, and we mustn't um, take God's grace for granted. Because sometimes I think that's what people do. They take God's grace for granted. We are living in the time of God's grace. God's grace is plentiful. Uh, sinners are coming to faith in Christ. Because God's grace, grace is basically uh, covering. It is basically, yeah, let's call it covering um, mankind and covering mankind's sin. So that when God now looks at mankind, he doesn't see sinful mankind. What he sees is he sees his own son. And he sees the price, the penalty that he paid. Okay, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing. All right, so, they shall go into the holes of the rocks and into the caves of the, of the earth from the terror of the Lord and the glory of his majesty when he arises to shake the earth mightily. So, they're going to try to run away from God. In Ezekiel 32, verse 7 and 8, we read about the darkness of the sun and the moon and the stars. Ezekiel 32, verse 7 and 8 says, When I put out your light, I will cover the heavens and make its stars dark. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon shall not give her light. All the bright lights of the heavens I will make dark over you, And bring darkness upon your land, says the Lord God. Now, if we go to Matthew 24, in verse 29, we read of the same thing basically in the heavens. Verse 29 says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. You see, what, Jesus, uh, what God is going to do is God is going to shake this world. We know this world is going to be destroyed by fire anyway because that is the final judgment of the earth and the destruction of the world. It's going to be through fire. But we already see a glimpse of it in the judgment of God right here at the end before the return of Jesus Christ. All right, now let's go to Revelation chapter 3, verse 13. He says, And the stars of heaven fell to the earth, as a fig tree drops its late fruit or late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Very interesting. Now, in the Bible, the fig tree represents physical Israel. And we know that they rejected Jesus Christ as their Messiah. And they not only rejected Jesus Christ, they actually rejected the triune God. They rejected God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now in Acts chapter 2, we read about the, the sound of a rushing wind when the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. And this mighty wind was from God. 
Now, when we read of the mighty wind, or any mighty wind in the Bible, normally, it is a sign of the Holy Spirit. Okay? You see, the Holy Spirit can be amazingly beautiful. You know, as we read about it in Acts chapter 2, but the Holy Spirit can also be frightening to those who do not believe. The Holy Spirit can do whatever He wants to do because He's God. Now the Old Testament and the New Testament agree that there will be a time when the heavens will be shaken. For example, Isaiah chapter 7, chapter 13, chapter 17, Matthew 24 and other chapters in the Old Testament and the New Testament basically agrees that there is going to be a day when the heavens will be shaken. But have a think about it, when the heavens are shaken, people won't be able to or won't know what to do. Where do you go? Where do you run? Because if you run into a cave or you run into a, a hole under the ground, the earth is going to be shaken by the massive earthquake. If you go and sit on top of the, 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 the mountain, for example, you are going to experience all these things or see all these things that happens to the, in, in the heavens. So where do you go? Where do you run? Well, I can tell you, those who ran to Christ, they are safe. Those who put their faith and they trust in the Lord Jesus Christ unto salvation, they will be safe. Because at the end of the day, everyone who, who is in, in Christ Jesus, everyone who is in Him, will receive eternal life as a gift. So it's, it's just so amazing. Now we know that the Old Testament and the New Testament speaks about this uh, there is going to be this day when the heavens will be shaken. And we also read of a spiritual shaking yeah, that will take place. We read that there will be a, a falling away of professing believers. You know, they will be falling away from the church. They will move away from the church. And this will happen before the heavens are actually shaken. Second Thessalonians chapter 3. 2 verse 3 tells us, uh, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. That's the day of the Lord. Nah? And that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. Beloved, it seems as if believers will be tested, for sure. And then it seems like uh, professing believers, true believers will not fall away. But those who profess to be believers, but they are actually not, they, how can I say, they will definitely fall away. But true believers will not fall away, but they will be tested. Now in Luke chapter 21, we read that many will be betrayed by people of their own households. In uh, verse 25 and 26 we read, And there will be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, uh, the sea and waters, or waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear that is, um, and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. Then it says, verse 26, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Wow. That's huge. 
the powers of the heavens will be shaken. So we can see that this is prophesied not just only by John, but by many others in uh, throughout the Bible. This shaking of the heavens. Uh, and those are things that we, we, we can look out to, um, towards and say, wow, uh, God is in control. But he warns us before the time so that when those things happen, then we will not be shaken. But rather, we will run and hide in Christ. And we will take our refuge in him, for he is our Savior. He is our King. That is verse 13. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave it there for now. Then God willing, next time we're going to look at verse 14 where it says, The sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. Still this massive judgment of God on, on planet Earth. No? But it's directed at the unsaved. It's not directed at God's people. And this is the amazing thing. But what we see is, we see God is the one who judges. God is the one who pours out his wrath upon this earth. And God is the one who is in complete, full, total control. He never ever loses any control. Because he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The one who created everything. And the one who has the ability to destroy whatever he pleases. Yo, beloved. May the Lord... Uh, give us understanding so that we can read and, and understand and at the end of the day when things happen around us that we will be able to discern and say wow, okay, we can see God's hand slowly starting to move let's pray Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can come to you in Jesus' name and thank you again for the book of Revelation Thank you that we can read about all these things that's going to come on this earth. We don't exactly know how it slots into one another and, and so on. But what we do know is, Father, that you said these things are true. These things will happen. So I want to pray, Father, please, in Jesus' name, that you will enable us to understand, as I asked before, that you will give us the ability to, to warn others. Give us boldness, please, Lord. And at the end of the day, be glorified in and through our lives. This we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Beloved, thank you very much for watching, for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. And may he give you his peace. God willing, until next time, bye-bye.